0: This episode of The Weekly Standard is sponsored by TommyJohn.com. Tommy John is a revolution in men's underwear that focuses on fit, fabric, and function. Shirts that stay tucked, socks that stay up, and underwear that keeps everything in place whichever way a man moves. Now, when they came to me and said, Michael, we want you to try on our socks, underwear, and T-shirts and talk to the podcast listeners about them, I said, you know... You may have found the worst person in America to do this. I'm not a clothes guy. I, I I'm Underwear? My only question about underwear in the past was, how many holes can they have in them before they're technically not underwear? Then I tried Tommy John underwear. Wow. It's like somebody who understands how men are shaped actually designed these. The T-shirts have a patented taper design. They're longer and form-fitting with just the right amount of stretch. And the socks have a unique technology that keeps them from sagging. I love TommyJohn.com products. That's all I'm wearing from now on, and I think you will too. But don't take my word for it. Try them for yourself, 20% off, and support the Weekly Standard podcast. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Weekly Standard. Use the promo code Weekly Standard. That's TommyJohn.com slash Weekly Standard. Guys, you're going to love them. Welcome to the Weekly Standard podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, and I'm promising a podcast par excellence because we are joined by podcast professional Eric Felton, managing editor of The Weekly Standard. So for a change, there's so many involved in this podcast process who knows what they're doing. So, Eric, I'm counting on big things from you today. Uh-oh, we're in trouble now. <laughs> well, it's clear from regular listeners of the podcast, I have no idea, so we're hoping that you will. And the reason I have dragooned you onto the podcast is, number one, I wanted to have the opportunity to have you as a podcast victim for a change. Because usually you're hosting the Confab podcast, which can be heard at podcast podcast1.com. You can find it on iTunes.com, the Confab. And what I like about the Confab, before we get to the booze part of the show, which I'm looking forward to, is uh, I, I like the idea of being able to get the Weekly Standard content when I'm driving, when I'm doing stuff. And in essence, you kind of bring me kind of a slice of the Weekly Standard in the Confab every week.
1: We take a few of the articles that I find particularly interesting, and uh, we get the writers of those articles to come on and talk about, one, the article, and then spin off uh, maybe in directions that there wasn't room for in the magazine and have some fun with
0: it. Okay. This is off the record. I'm not going to include this in the podcast. Wink, wink, wink. So who's the best person to talk to on the Weekly Standard staff, and who's, like, the worst tooth-pulling podcast guest?
1: It's actually the same person. (laughs) Matt Le Bash, great guest, mm. hates doing any kind of media. He's he's a writer's writer. He wants to right. write. He wants to, that to be his voice.
0: It's an affectation. I don't and, buy this nonsense from him. <laughs> Lay Bash, I don't, want, I don't like that video audio stuff, Graham. I don't want to do that. Oh, come on. He loves every second of it.
1: I don't know. He. It's it's like pulling <laughs> teeth to get him to do it, but worth every bit of his teeth being pulled.
0: Yeah, so. and I agree with you. He's absolutely terrific. And so if you've never heard the Confab, podcast1.com or go to iTunes, and uh, you can find... the Confab. Li- Confab. Is that what I said? Confab. What did I, what did I say?
1: You did. I'm just— I'm, Okay, good. Yes, confab. I'm reiterating yes, confab. it.
0: And also, confab. all of our podcasts are linked at the podcast page at weeklystandard.com, where you can find this podcast. So, you and your omnibibulous partner, Vic Mattis, impose yourselves on the fine folks of the Bar Pilar as part of something you came up with. Uh, tell us about— Campaign cocktails.
1: Well, first, let me take issue with the omnibibulous part. Okay. The omnibibulous meaning one will drink anything. Mm-hmm. The Truman cocktail is something I will never <laughs> drink. Truman cocktail, this is from 1948. It's scotch, slow gin, creme de menthe, and a Chinese cooking wine called Mai Kwai Lu Chu. <laughs> All together, it's it's got to be the most disgusting thing ever invented. But I only came across the Truman cocktail because we were doing this project to go up and dig up famous cocktails once upon a time named after presidential candidates and presidents. So it used to be a a, a booming tradition of of gaining fame through having a cocktail named after you, mm-hmm. and so it's one thing to be president. It's another thing altogether to have a cocktail named after you. One is really lasting fame.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, Eric Felton, it's my understanding that the uh, cocktail named after various presidents and presidential candidates, and we're going to talk about some in just a moment, kind of goes along with a a lot of the pre-literate, pre-media, broadcast media campaigning. In other words, you needed a way to get your message out to folks who Either never saw a newspaper, or even if they did, wouldn't necessarily know how to read it. So you had campaign songs; those were big, right, back lot, in the day. Lot a lot of campaign songs, songs. and uh, 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 you know the the iconography. If someone was from a certain place, a certain state, or in a log cabin, whatever, you'd put some That's images. Right. You would connect them to military battles that folks had heard so of.
1: Tippy Canoe and Tyler a, too. William Henry Harrison not only sung into office, but also it was a big deal that he drank hard cider. <laughs> So hard cider <laughs> loomed large in the in the William Harrison legend.
0: Right. So what? So you had this period in history fr- that ended what around Truman's time? Around I guess Truman Ike time? Is yeah, this the, the, the
1: presidential cocktail thing of, seemed to kind of peter out. Well, because you the, had radio, 50s, television, 60s. you had
0: other ways to get your message out. I love the idea that there would be booze that was geographically connected to. The candidate or the President, and maybe the ultimate example of that in your campaign cocktail series on WeeklyStandard.com dot com is the tuana tumbo Mwana, tumbo is that is the that Buana
1: tumbo, which was one of a number of different Roosevelt cocktails that were made in honor of Teddy Roosevelt. Now, there were so many iterations of Teddy Roosevelt. There was a Teddy Roosevelt cocktail when he was on the police reform board in New York in the <laughs> in the 1890s. And uh, and the, that cocktail... That's pretty one,
0: amazing right there.
1: Yeah, I know. He was already gaining yes. fame.
0: but There was, is no Rudy Giuliani cocktail. I just want to point that out. There's no Giulianatini out there, <laughs> though there perhaps should be.
1: <laughs> well... The the original Roosevelt cocktail was half beer and half soda water. Ugh, Ugh yeah, that's a sad little shandy right there. <laughs> but uh, but as he but why became, was it
0: half beer, half soda water?
1: I don't know. The temperance you know, it,
0: movement of the time did it have something to do with that that whole? Well, thing there or?
1: certainly was a temperance movement that was you know booming all along and and. Roosevelt, what's interesting for a guy who had a number of different cocktails named after him, he claimed that he never drank and he certainly (laughs) never got drunk. And he was he was accused in a newspaper column during his 1912 run for the White House on the Bull Moose ticket. Um, He was accused of being drunk by a newspaper editor in Michigan. And um, Roosevelt didn't like that one bit. So he sued the editor for libel. And, um, and proceeded. there was a whole court case, and Roosevelt took the stand and perjured himself, <laughs> saying that he never had a drop. This, even though, even though the White House steward from when Roosevelt was mm. president, had detailed the elaborate mint juleps that he made <laughs> for Teddy Roosevelt. But uh, according to testimony taken in Michigan, mm. um, Teddy Roosevelt never had a drop.
0: And so how would that case work out?
1: Um, Teddy won the case, won wow. the case, and, um, and I think had like a, a, a penny in damages or something like that. So let's
0: get back to the Buena tumbo, and I, I, I mentioned the geographical part. You mentioned like uh, William uh, Henry Harrison, you know, Mr. Hard Cider, because he was ru- from a rustic background. There was a friend of mine who's from Missouri said there was some Missouri candidate for Senate, or whatever, who only drank McCormick Corn Liquor because it was made from you know corn grown in Missouri, you know that kind of thing. Uh, But Teddy Roosevelt was a well-traveled gentleman. By the rest of us say Missouri, by the way. Well, my (laughs) best friend in college, my my best friend, who was my roommate in college, is from southwestern Missouri, and he always says Missouri. So Uh I defer to him. It's like saying Nicaragua. No, it's not. It's not (laughs) at all. It's uh. It's anyway. What do you want me to say? My best friend. (laughs) So who who am I to judge the fine Show Me State folks? The problem with making a drink for Teddy Roosevelt at by the time 1912 rolled around or whatever. he he had already been quite a few places.
1: That's right. And people like to, in making cocktails for an individual, they will try to find some shtick that usually involves finding cocktail, uh, cocktail ingredients from right. all over the place. And um, so for Teddy Roosevelt, after he had come back from safari, where he earned the nickname Buonatumbo, big, big boss. Is that what uh, it means? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um uh, the cocktail invented for him upon his return from safari uh included san juan rum, of course san juan hill exactly um, sweet vermouth, dry gin absinthe Kirschwasser, so a bunch of i you know i don 't know does this mean Teddy had been in germany i, I, I at some point he probably it, was it's it 's a little bit of a mismatch, <laughs> mishmash, and some of these drinks really are a mishmash the mm-hmm. the Truman cocktail being the the nadir of <laughs> mishmash cocktails. Um, but one of the things we tried to do with our little campaign cocktail project here at mm-hmm. the Weekly Standard is we went to Bar Pilar, a great cocktailian bar here in D.C., and asked the bartenders there to take some of these vintage uh, campaign cocktails mm-hmm. and um, edit them <laughs> a little bit and uh, make them actually palatable. Some of them, some of them didn't mm-hmm. take – much of anything in the way of editing. So for example, there's a uh, a Bill Taft, there were a couple of different Bill Taft cocktails, the uh, enemy of Roosevelt in in 1912. And um one of those cocktails was okay as far as it went, which was gin, bonnet. gin and bonnet go together very nicely, okay. but then garnished with mint leaf, all right, and an olive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sweet and savory clashing, minty olive, uh, yeah, so. minty yeah. olive, and yeah, yeah, not good, not good. But there was another Bill Taft cocktail, which was described as being a Creole cocktail with a frosted rim. Mm-hmm. Now, a Creole cocktail is a very old style of cocktail that involves rye whiskey, sweet vermouth, a little bit of Benedictine, and a little bit of amer picon, which is a very hard to find orange bitter liqueur. Okay. Um, And so, really, that was a drink that all they had to do was make it according to the way it was described at the time. And what do you know? There's a great
0: drink. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I was there at Bar Pillar when we videotaped the series of these bartenders uh, updating and modernizing and developing these drinks. And I, I got a chance to taste the Bill Taft, and it was very nice. I would order one tomorrow. It was a a pleasant uh, surprise. And if you go to WeeklyStandard.com and go to our campaign cocktail page, you can see videos of yourself and Vic Mattis and these bartenders talking about making and tasting for the first time, right? Right on the camera, for the first time tasting tasting for the first
1: time. And also, by the way, uh, along with the video comes recipes so that you can try these out yourself. You can follow along with the bartenders of Bar Pilar. In making the drinks.
0: And to me, the most fun part of the whole project is that uh, the, now that the fourth and final episode has gone up, we're soliciting recipes from you, the listener and anybody out there for your idea for a cocktail for Hillary Cl- the Clinton cocktail or the Trump Tower or whatever. You know, we, we need we're trying to revitalize this notion of the presidential campaign cocktail. Yes?
1: Yes, we are. And uh, and we're looking for real cocktail submissions, right, exactly. original cocktail submissions. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have to be positively geared, which is to say part of the tradition of presidential cocktails is to make a cocktail and to give it a name that mocks your opponent. <laughs> so, for example, go back to Glo- Grover Cleveland Day, right? and there was a drink called the Cleveland Weakener. <laughs> You're kidding! I kid you not. The <laughs> Cleveland Weakener. So, in any it, case, it wasn't
0: the Cleveland Paternity Suit. That wasn't the name Ma, of it. Mom, well, where's we- my paw? Well, of course, the uh, camp- Cleveland campaign had the ultimate re- uh, rejoinder to that: gone to the White House. Ha ha ha! Ha, so, ha ha! Yeah. So they had their way. Yeah. So we're looking for uh, pro Trump, pro Hillary, anti Trump, anti Hillary cocktails, and you can send them to cocktails at weeklystandard. dot com. I want to ask you before we uh, wrap up. The of all the cocktails you tried, the one that you actually would sit down at a bar and have if it were on the bar, which by the way, our winning cocktail will be on the menu at Bar Pilar through the inauguration. So and a, and a, some a of moment the moment.
1: drinks that we made up with with Bar Pilar mm-hmm. are already ah, on the menu, excellent. the historical ones. And now, now the Taft cocktail, um, I I would drink that in a heartbeat. Okay. Great drink. I'd say the one drink that I found. In, in doing the historical research that I really, really like is the Ike cocktail. and now tell there, you about there the were a Ike. Couple, There are a couple of different Ike cocktails. Uh, one of them, kind of like that uh, early Teddy Roosevelt uh, cocktail, was club soda and champagne. Bad. Mm, yeah. Bad. Good. But uh, another Ike cocktail is just a very dry martini Garnished with a gherkin pickle. <laughs> very nice. Is that very nice? Very nice. It's very nice. Uh,
0: I, that, that doesn't speak to me. The problem that I have is that we haven't had enough Irish presidents, so we don't have an Irish whiskey-based cocktail. That was what I would have. I would, uh, my uh, my um, specialty cocktail, if you will, is for not the November holidays, but the December holidays. Is a wonderful cocktail called the Merry Irishman. And it's Irish whiskey, uh, half a shot of Kahlua, and a spl- you,
1: you lost me already. I
0: know. No, I was the same way. I, I thought there's no <laughs> way this is going to work. And a splash of peppermint schnapps, a splash, and then you serve it with a candy cane as the you know, as the swizzle stick, if you will. And I no creme de menthe. No, No creme de menthe, and uh, <laughs> no uh, no mint or olive. No mai tai luchu. Su- surprisingly, surprisingly perfect from December 15th until January 1st. Right. So You have effective.
1: that. I'll have an Eisenhower. You have the Eisenhower
0: with the pickle. I'll have yeah. the uh, the uh, Bushmills with the uh, Kahlua and splash of uh, peppermint schnapps, and we'll be all set. Eric Felton, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. You'll also find links there to the Confab podcast. Confab. But- hosted by Eric Felton at PodcastOne.com and the Crystal Clear podcast. And once again, you can subscribe to all of these at iTunes.com. I'm your host, Michael Graham.